It doesn't matter really what the circumstance is. It's how I think about the circumstance that will ultimately dictate the, the reality, the results that I create in my life. Welcome to PT Pro Talk Podcast. I am Mariana Tondo, your host for today. In this episode, Tavona Denise will talk about the key to creating anything you want in your career or business. Tavona is a former physical therapist, master certified coach and business mentor, and the creator of Launch Therapy. Tavona is the author of Unstoppable Success, How to Finally Create the Body, Business, and Lifestyle You Want, and the voice behind the podcasts, Breaking Protocol, and Coaching and Conversations. I hope you enjoy the show. PT Pro Talk Podcast, the fastest way to increase your knowledge with the brightest minds of physical therapy in your pocket. Hi, Tavana. Welcome to PT Pro Talk. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mariana. Thank you for taking the time to share with us a little bit about your story today. So just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your career. How did you get to where you are right now? Oh, man. <laughs> What a winding journey it has been. Let's see. I came out of PT school in 2001, so it was right after the Medicare cat madness. And it was a very scary time to be entering PT because I wasn't quite sure I was going to get a job. There were not too many of them. And so I started my career in workers comp and I really, really enjoyed that because it started my interest in learning Spanish. And so I'm speaking to you now from Playa del Carmen, Mexico, where I have the great fortune of being able to live and continue to learn Spanish and become more fluent in it. But I taught myself to do my job in Spanish because about half of the day during the summer, all we had were Spanish speaking patients. And so that was a very interesting time. And I made it a point to teach myself because I wanted to be able to communicate with them um, beyond gestures and pointing. So did that. I'm from the DC area, moved to Atlanta eventually, and I got a great uh, sampling of all of the different parts of PT I've worked in every single setting except for pediatrics and academia. And so um, around 2007, I decided that I wanted to become an independent contractor. And so I started a contracting company and I got to contract myself out to the various settings. It was incredible because I got to follow behind some of the, the best and most brilliant minds in PT, even though I, I considered myself to be a little bit like a substitute teacher because I was covering for everyone, but I could see how they were treating based on their notes. And it, it caused me to really sharpen my skills. One, because I was in so many different settings, so many different clinics, so many different organizations in a very short period of time. But I also was trying to follow people's treatments and there would be certain techniques that I didn't know how to do. So I was like, oh, wait a minute, I need to go back and get a, more education around this. And so I really think that that time really sharpened my skills as a practitioner. And then... I decided after being able to try out all of the different settings, I realized that I loved, loved, loved acute care. 
I remember when I started PT, I used to tell my mom, I don't do old people. I'm, I was an athlete. So I'm like, I'm an athlete. I want to do sports PT. And <laughs> as luck would have it and as life would have it, I ended up working um, from 2007 to when I finished in 2020 with the geriatric population in, acu- in the acute care setting. And I absolutely love, love, loved that setting. So I will pause there in that part of my story and ask, do you have any questions about that? Yes. Uh, so just first question about being independent contractor. So how does that work? So it's not like a PRN. It's something different. Like how do you provide services as an independent contractor? So a couple of ways. I ended up my career more as PRN, but I started as a contractor. So I had to create a a LLC. I had to get liability insurance. I had to go find my own contracts, meaning, um, and it was fairly easy for me because I worked for a couple of big name companies when I was in the DC area. So they were national companies more or less. So when I got to Atlanta, I just went back to those companies and said, Hey, do you need someone to cover when people go on vacation and thus and so forth? So those were a couple of ways that I got started getting my own contracts And then because at least Atlanta, it feels like is is a big city, but it's a small city when it comes to the rehab world. So the more that I was in these settings and people knew what I was doing, the more people would reach out to me like, hey, I got a long vacation coming. Could you sub for me? And that's how I got myself into the other facilities. So in that regard, it it was really quite easy for me to get the contracts. And I have to say, I loved it because I got to negotiate my own salary. I got to work where I wanted to, more or less, when I wanted to. It was incredibly challenging, but I think one of the benefits of doing it that way was because I was an independent entity working and functioning within a larger corporation, it really made me be on top of my game in terms of my productivity, in terms of my customer service, in terms of just being on top of things. Because when you're an independent contractor and when you're PRN, you're the first person on the chopping block and or you're the last person to call because you're the most expensive in terms of how much they pay you. And so it really, really sharpened a lot of the skills that I would then go on to use in in my current business. So what is the difference between being a PRN and like the independent contractor in terms of like for the company? Why would they choose independent contractor versus a PRN? Right. Well, it depends on how the company is set up. And so when I was working at, with uh, nursing homes and in orthopedic clinics, they tended to use more independent contractors because they at, at times were smaller organizations, whereas the hospital settings, they tended to lean more towards the PRN. And really, the so that would be why one would use one over the other. But the, the difference being with PRN, you are still technically an employee of the organization, whereas with an independent contractor, that's why I said I had to have my own LLC. I had to get my own contract. Like I had attorneys draft up contracts. I had... Um, I had to submit invoices for payment. I had to take care of the taxes. Like I am literally, I was literally my own functioning entity within, and I was just contracting services to them. So with PRN, it's less responsibility, less risk, less things that you had 
that you have to do. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So it depends more on the the company needs and how they structure their their company and business, right? Yes, at least that's been my experience. Okay, and then fasting forward, you work with geriatrics and acute care, so that's interesting because. Like you, I always think about sports and most people think about outpatient, orthopedics, and then uh, you just being acute care, it's, it is interesting. Um, and then after that, so what happened? Well, I worked in um, the hospital setting primarily from, I want to say 2011 until 2020. And in 2015, I hurt my back. And it was a team lift and I was the only one lifting at the time. And so it was devastating for me. I was a competitive cyclist and um, do athletes. So you run, bike, run again. I could not. It was at this point, we are going to say sciatica because nothing ever really showed up on the MRIs and such. But this, I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk for more than a couple two to five minutes at a time. It was just excruciating and devastating because I started in workers comp and then I had to go into that setting and see what it was like from a patient standpoint. And thankfully the organization that I was a part of, they, they handled it with grace and with class and all of that and really treated me well. But I had been, like I said, working in workers comp and had seen the opposite experience. And so it was made apparent to me because that was 2015 and I wasn't even 40 years old at the time that I was not going to be able to do physical therapy in this way for the duration. And I used to be a, um, an assistant clinic director before I got all the way out of orthopedic outpatient and started the contract work. And the opportunity came up to be up for promotion potentially, or go for the job for the manager of the rehab department. And I didn't get it. And it was the biggest blessing in my life because if I had done that, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah, that's funny how things happen. And you, at the time you think that's the best thing that you want, and then it turns out to be the best blessing, as you said, that you didn't get it. So you're able to do something different. Mm-hmm. And then what, after all of that happened, then what did you decide to do? Yeah, then after all of that happened, I actually, as a part of a continued education course, got a wellness coach certification. And that was, I had an alternative fitness event company prior to that, where I would take women in the Atlanta area to fitness, alternative fitness boutique studios and gyms so that they got a chance to experience something other than just running or lifting weights. Like there's so many ways that you can exercise and move your body. And so that was in 2012. And then in 2014, 2013, I got that wellness coach certification. And I took to the interwebs to be like, oh, well, wait a minute, how do I start this kind of company? Because I know how to do a physical therapy contracting company, but not this kind um, online. And That's when I met this woman who was a business mentor and she said, well, I think you need a little bit more training since you just had a two day continuing education course. And then that's when I went to the life coach school and it completely 
changed my life in terms of the way I view things because it's where I learned that it doesn't matter really what the circumstance is. It's how I think about the circumstance that will ultimately dictate the the reality, the results that I create in my life. And so with that knowledge, I've been able to use that to create an, a burnout course for the hospital that I used to work for. I have been able to launch a multi-six-figure uh, coaching business that I now run from Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I have been able to do so many things in my life. And so I'm just really grateful for, for that knowledge. And then now you still work as a PT or just completely like a life coach? No, completely doing coaching ever since I think uh, March, 2020. So completely doing coaching and it is It is amazing and it's challenging and it's scary and it's grueling and I would not change it for anything. That's awesome. So it was together with the pandemic, March of 2020, a lot of things changed for a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, I had because, okay, I hurt my back in 2015. By 2016, it was apparent that it would not get back to 100%. And so I had gotten certified as a coach in 2014. And I, I said in that moment, I said, okay. I'm going to give myself a break, but I do really know that I need to make sure that my business is in a position to be able to take care of me. Um, and so in 2018 is when I really started buckling down and saying, okay, this is my next move. This is the next chapter for me. I got to be serious about this because I cannot keep lifting these patients and working with these patients. And so I actually started in 2018 um, helping other healthcare professionals who have become overwhelmed and burned out in the profession to use that model, that model that I just told you about, about how our perspective and how we look at things to really create new realities. And so I started that work in 2018. And so I was perfectly poised to be ready when the pandemic happened. And I did a women in healthcare summit for online businesses. And so that's, that's kind of what happened there. That's awesome. And I think that it's so important, the mindset piece, because uh, me as an entrepreneur as well, when I started doing my own business and I, I felt the need for having something else to support me. And then me and my husband, we started a mindset coaching course and it was just awesome how, how, I don't know, even how to explain. It just depends on like how you see things and, and, And like you just uh, mentioned, and I think it's crazy that that is able to change your perspective or reality. And I just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about that. So how that helped you and how do you think that that can help other PTs? Mm. Well, it really helped me. I'll say as I was building my business, because I remember working with my, my coach and mentor and I was trying to build that business while I was still working full time in physical therapy. And I kept telling her, I said, I don't have time to build my business because I got to work. And every time I had that thought, I just felt defeated because I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. And from that place of feeling defeated, I really wasn't doing a lot to build my business. 
I was complaining about it. I was talking about it. I was resting all the time. I was doing all these things instead of actually building my business, which put me in a place of continually having to go work in physical therapy. And the thing that she said to me that I argued with her for quite a bit (laughs) was that you don't have to go to work. And I said to her, I'm like, what do you mean? I do have to go to work. I need to make money. And she's like, no, you don't have to go to work. I said, this lady is nuts. I do have to go to work. I need to make money. And so she left, she let it go. And I remember sitting straight up in bed around three o'clock in the morning, realizing, oh, no, I don't have to go to work. I choose to go to work. And in fact, I want to go to work because I like where I live. I like my car. I want to be able to pay for those things. And so nothing really changed in terms of my schedule day to day. But then I all of it feels like I all of a sudden had way more energy and focus to build my, my business. Because before I was telling my story of this oppression of like, oh, I have to go to go to work. And so I don't have time or energy to build my business where I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This business is helping me to have the lifestyle I want while I build my business, right? And so it's helping to fund some of the things in my business so that I don't have all this pressure on my business to support me. And so I was so grateful for that reframe. So that's one of the ways that it's helped me. But I think when I think about healthcare professionals, even the ones that do not have a business, one of the biggest, when I was doing burnout coaching, One of the biggest things that I heard from people all the time is the manager doesn't listen to my ideas. Manager doesn't listen to me, doesn't listen to my ideas. And when they feel that way or when they think that about the manager, they too feel defeated, disempowered, uh, frustrated, any kind of emotion like that. And usually from that place, what they were doing was they would only say the idea once. They would complain to their coworkers instead of actually tell the the manager the idea. They would just talk about it instead of send an email. They wouldn't follow up. They wouldn't write out the solution so that the manager had already made something to do. Because sometimes we forget that the manager has multiple people that are in their ear as opposed to it's just us and the manager, but for the manager, it's several people. And so When we can think about it, not from that uh, a little bit more disempowered place of the manager intentionally on purpose is not listening to my ideas, but maybe they forgot, maybe they didn't hear, maybe I didn't package it in a certain way, maybe I didn't see it in a way that they, they can understand it. Then that person was able to come from a more empowered place and people would see time and time again that they were able to get promotions, they were able to create positions for themselves, they were able to do programs in the the hospital or the clinic that they had they never thought was possible before and what do you think that takes to to change that perspective that mindset so what would you tell pts to do or i don't know if you have any tips on the way you should be thinking about it or should you look for uh, mindset courses what would you think that would be the, the, the first way to go if you want to change your perspective about things? Yeah. Well, the first way to change your perspective is you have to be aware of your perspective. So often, if they say that the research is saying they're like, we have 60,000 thoughts a day, nobody's looking at the ticker tape of our mind. 
And so there's so often, just like when I was having that situation with my mentor, where I just had the ticker tape of, I have to go to work. And when I did that, the knee jerk reaction was to feel um, defeated. Right. And so when we could shine a light on that thought that I had, that belief, that story that I was telling myself, then I, she could help me and I could start to pick it apart. And then it didn't have the power. So one of the things that I that I tell people, especially if they're feeling very burned out and exhausted after work, because we care so much that we take our work home with us and then our family and loved ones have to be burdened sometimes with with how what's going on in the job. I just ask people to take a little notepad, a little journal. It doesn't have to be fancy, something, and just keep it in in the car. Maybe you write in the car in the parking lot on the way home, or maybe you stop in the garage or in the driveway once you're home, but let there be a clear separation between work and home. And so what you do is just maybe set the, the alarm for five minutes and just anything that you didn't get to say, anything that you wanted, wanted to say, anything that you think you should have said, you just write it in the journal. And you can literally just close the book. Like that gives you an actual closure to that so that you have the mental space capacity bandwidth to go about your your day or your evening. Um, If you have the time and the energy, the next thing that I would say to do is once you have those sentences, those thoughts written out on the paper, is to actually look at them. And if any one of those sentences causes you to feel some kind of way that you don't want to feel, then question it. I mean, it could be as simple as, is there another way I can look at this? Just that question can sometimes just open you up enough to have that aha moment where you can just release it. That's awesome. Um, Because I was thinking about myself and I think probably many other PTs feel the same way. I started working when I got my license in the U.S. I started working in a big um, high volume outpatient clinic setting. And I would go back home like very frustrated, sometimes crying. I was like, that doesn't feel right. That's not what I'm supposed to do. I didn't work this hard to get my license to be doing this. I can do so much better. I can help so much more my patients. So I was just having all the feelings and thoughts and didn't write it down, but it didn't do much about it. But then I decided to just not do that anymore and try something different. But as you said, then you, you need the financial to to be able to do that. And then that's, I think, when most people struggle between quitting the job and starting your own business. How are you going to do that transition? Do you have to save money? Do you have to work? And then if you have to work, how are you going to build at the same time? So I think just having that mindset that you said, I feel like it's so important to be successful because I think the our minds, our thoughts, they just control us so much and like small things like you just said that you can question in and see if you can feel different about it and think, well, I have to pass through this moment right now because I need uh, to get some hours, I need to get some money, I need to get some experience and then I'm going to move on to something different. But just having that in mind, uh, I just think it helps so much to being able to understand that that's a moment, that's a process that you are transitioning and kind of preparing for the next stage. And as you said, like 
having the energy to do that once you are aware of everything that's happening. So I just feel that's so important to be aware and, and think about it like just you said. Yeah, I would say just from a practical standpoint, in addition to looking at the thoughts, I think when people are thinking about transitioning to another job or they're trying to figure out how to build their business while they work in, in PT, one of the things that I think we fail to do is to like actually have concrete data. We don't write down the numbers. So for example, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I want to do my own business, but I'm stuck here at this job. A very, very simple thing you could do if, if money is the thing, like some people are risk averse, so they're not going to just jump out there and not have a certain number of dollars saved in that amount. Some people think that they have to fully replace their income before they can leave their job. And I would venture to say, like, one of the things you can do is ask yourself, like, what is really required in terms of dollars and cents for me to leave my job? Like, it, it doesn't always mean replacing. Like, I need to have a roof over my head. I need a car, gas in the tank, food on my belly, that kind of thing. So what is that actual dollar amount and so then that way it helps focus your brain when you're working on your business. So instead of it being like this big, oh, I got to make $85,000 a year. It's like, okay, when I add up my bills, the necessities are, let's say $3,000 or even 5,000, whatever. And you can look at, okay, well, it, depending on your business, then you can have real data in terms of how many people do I need to bring in? How many new clients? How many new patients are you going to do your own thing on the side? How many? So that you can focus your brain instead of it being this big boogie monster in the closet of, oh, it's so scary. It's so big. No, I just need 12. Like, and, and I think that was one of the things that I got from doing the contract work. I knew what my minimum baseline was every month. And so then it was my job as the salesperson, the marketer, and the, the clinician to go out and say, okay, how do I get that many hours per month to make sure that I'm meeting my goals? Yes. And so for people that are trying to do that transition, what do you advise them to do in terms of preparing to do that? Because as you said, you are the seller, the marketer, and everything together and the clinician. So what, do you, what would you recommend? PTs to do if they're thinking about doing the transition? Recommend them to do in terms of what? In terms of, for example, getting a coach business, uh, a PT business coach or doing a mindset course or learning a little bit about sales, marketing. What do you think that's the most important thing to do when you are thinking about starting your business? Well, from, so the most important thing to do is to figure out how to generate clients. And I say that as if it's a simple thing, but it requires you to know a few skills. And so when we think about the most simple ways or simple terms, what I find happens is a lot of people go out and say, okay, I want to start a business. So I need a website and I need business cards and I need, I need all of this stuff. And I'm like, slow your roll partner. What are you selling? How about let's start there. What is it that lights you up that you would be delighted to offer to the world? 
is that taking your skills as a PT and doing a cash-based business or doing your thing on the side? Is it taking some other skill that you've acquired and mixing it with your physical therapy and creating that? What is the thing that you would love to offer to the world? Because quite frankly, if we wanted to be miserable, we could stay in a job and just take whatever they give us. And so what I find is people uh, get out and want to start their business and like, well, but I should work with everybody. And I'm like, well, but do you want to work with everybody? So anyways, I can go on a whole diatribe about that. But the bottom line is, what do you want to offer to the world that you would feel delighted to offer? If you start there, just your sheer joy, delight, excitement will sell a lot of it just on its own merit. If you don't let your mind get in the way and and for you to think, oh, I got to go take more courses in this and more courses in that and get certifications in this and get certifications in that. I'm like, please just start with wherever you are and whatever you have and what lights you up. If you start right there, whew, you'll save so much time and money. Yeah, I can see myself when I start thinking about it. Okay, let's do the website in a month, planning the website and doing all the stuff that don't really matter if you don't, if you're not generating clients, as you said, and, and being very clear about what you're offering. I just feel you're, we create excuses so we don't have to go put ourselves out there to to start making calls, going after clients, patients, doing all the marketing sales. So it took me a while to uh, having the courage to just putting myself out there. So I can completely identify with what you said. And and we think that it's it's not as hard to generate clients, but it is really hard if you if you just start by yourself. I think that's something that's really tough and scary for a lot of PTs too. Yeah. I mean if if you were to spend money on anything in the beginning, I'd say forget the website and get a mindset coach. Because if you listen to what I said and you really took it to heart, that you're going to offer something that you feel excited to offer, that you feel delighted to offer, usually it, that lines up with something you're already good at. So we don't have to worry about confidence because it's something that you already feel good at, good at, right? So then you just have to not be in your own way and get in your own head. Oh, I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to price it. I don't know this. I don't know that. Like, okay, what do you know? How about we start there? Okay, let's just start there. Because again, so many of us, and here is the, the, the crux of having protocols and being doctors of physical therapy is you've gotten to the top of the chain. You've gotten to the top of your game. And when you start a business, you are not at the top anymore. You might be at the top of your game in terms of your, your clinical skills, but this is a different ball game. So we have to come back in with a somewhat beginner. Notice I said somewhat beginner because you didn't lose your clinical skills beginner's mind in terms of, okay, I'm going back to school now on the job training, and I'm going to learn some new skills to add to what I already have. And I would venture to say, especially as I coach other people in healthcare, I have coached other people in healthcare to start new businesses. A lot of the skills that we have are transferable. 
They are. We're selling patients on stuff all day, every day. When I used to work in a transplant unit, I'm selling them to get up, get out of the bed the day after, or sometimes the same day that they just had their stomach sliced open, right? So we know people. And if we just allow ourselves to believe that we already have enough to get started, we would get so much further. I think that the hardest piece is just you not putting yourself on the way of doing things and creating excuses because I feel like it's normal. It's like a, something new that we don't know how to do. So it's really easy to just create excuses and and uh, not go do what you have to do, what you should be doing. So I think that's the mindset piece that that we were talking about that is so important. So in that part of mindset, do you advise PTs to try to get uh, a, a coach? What do you think that would be a good idea to work in that mindset? Well, I mean, you could totally just do what I talked about at the end of the day for work. If you're, if you're not interested in being a business person and you just journal on your thoughts about the day, of how it went and the patient was a pain in the butt and the manager doesn't listen to me, all that, you take that same exercise and you apply it to your business. So what are your thoughts about your business? The business itself, your offer, your skills, your ability as a business person, all of those things, just jot them down so that you can have a look at them. And then the question still applies. Is there any other way that I can look at this? Yeah. And then if you're still having trouble, meaning... If you're not doing the scary things, and here's the part that's going to get a lot of us. If it's not scary to do, it's probably not going to make you any money. So if you are frozen and paralyzed and overanalyzing and overthinking everything because you would rather do that and tinker with your website and go get more certifications than ask somebody to work with you, then you might want to, you might want to hire a coach. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And before we transition to our final questions, do you have any other practical tips like that that I love the journal idea to write everything down and then think about it? Well, yes. So I'm going to add, in addition to that, don't think too much. Like see your brain and be on to your brain. Like, ah, I see you. You're trying to keep me safe. You don't want me to go out there. You don't want me to fail. You know, all the people think I'm a doctor, so I'm supposed to have all my stuff together, right? I see you, brain. Thank you for trying to keep me safe and then still go do what you need to do. It's just, I, I used to say, it's just a challenge. Every day you are trying to overcome like a fear or something that you are scared. So it's like a different challenge that you have to go and face every day in order to do something different because it's you are doing for the first time. So I think it's just something that's normal and you we have to just kind of push ourselves a little bit to go out there, even if you're afraid and just do it. And for the PTs that are listening to us, do you have any resource of information or anything that you like in particular uh, to share with us? Well, I mean, I would just say, if you find my podcast, Breaking Protocol, the it's it's a complete series. It will help a lot in terms of more things that you can do with the mindset piece and just how to think about things when you're starting a business. Um, I also like the Life Coach School has a great um, resource for the mindset of it. And that's, those will be the main things about the resources. Cause I'm like, 
we can figure anything out if we just get out of our own way. Yes, awesome. And what would be the best advice that you give to clinicians that are starting their careers? I think be willing to experiment. Be willing to take some risks. Be willing to bet on yourself. And I think, like I was mentioning before, I think one of the best things that I ever did was starting that contracting company. And I'm not saying go start a contracting company, but what I am saying is think about yourself as an entity within the corporation. Because when you think about yourself that way, you just carry yourself differently. You see yourself as more empowered and more valuable than when you think about, oh, I'm just someone who works here. I'm just an employee and everything is being put upon me. Like you, you just have more power to affect change when you see yourself that way. And the final questions, what personal qualities or abilities that you think are important to become a successful PT? Important qualities? Well, obviously care about people, but not to your own detriment. I, I was like that at one point in time where like do anything for anybody, stay late, miss lunch, like neglect self. And it's taken a lot of time to unwind and unlearn some of that. So, And I'll always be learning. Like don't just learn the skills, the clinical skills, but also learn the non-clinical skills learn the interpersonal skills, the personal skills, like be well-rounded in your education after PT school. Yeah, because sometimes you just, I had this thought, just going certification after certification, knowing all the techniques, everything. And there are so many other skills that are so important to um, our careers and the way we develop. So absolutely. And... Savona, if anyone wants to learn more about you or contact you or maybe uh, see if they want to hire you as a coach or anything like that, how they can find more information about you? Yeah, you can go straight to my website, Tavana Denise, that's T-A-V as in Victor, O-N-A, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E dot com, or I'm on Instagram at Tavana Denise. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and share your perspective with us. It was really helpful. I love the practical tips. I'm going to start using them. And um, yeah, I just appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Questions, suggestions, or topics you want to hear about, talk to me on ptprotalk.com. Join our email list to receive updates and new episodes and subscribe here. Tell your friends about it and be sure to share. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. We are going to publish today's video recording on my YouTube channel, so you can check the link out in the show notes. Thanks for joining us and I'll see you next time.